Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lilith Talks About Death, the podcast where we look into the descent into grief in popular works of writing and about how that death morphs the lives of the characters and the people involved. Today we are talking about the infamous tragedy Hamlet, written by the one and only William Shakespeare in 1609. Now this play itself takes place in the 14th century, which is even more medieval and a little more sexist. But we'll get into that in a bit. First off, let's talk about why Hamlet is a tragedy. Spoiler alert if you haven't read Hamlet, although you should have by now. It's been 300, 400 years. It's been 400 years at least. Everybody dies in the end of Hamlet, except for Horatio, which ironically he wanted to die, so really nobody wins in the end. Nobody gets what they want. And that's what really makes it a tragedy, because Hamlet is struggling this entire time of the play, and although his uncle does die, so does he. So it's kind of a it's kind of a sad ending that he dies at the end when he's been thinking about death the entire time. Let's get into that. So throughout this play, ever since the beginning, when Hamlet found out that his uncle murdered his father and then totally took over his mom, which is kind of weird, a little Oedipus-like, anyways... So yeah, he knows from the beginning that his uncle's a horrible person and the ghost of Hamlet's father comes to talk to Hamlet and is like, you need to do something about your uncle. Kill him for me, please. But leave my wife alone. So what does he do? Well, he doesn't kill his uncle for a really long time and he does not leave his mom alone. So I don't know what the point of that whole thing was if he's just going to not listen to the ghost's instructions anyways. But throughout this whole play, Hamlet is just mulling over the death of his father. And in his grief, he is thinking about death himself. And maybe that he deserves death because he can't kill his uncle. He wants to. He's got the motivation. He's got the anger. But he spends the whole play wondering if he can actually do it. And he's just completely absorbed at the fact that he can't bring himself to murder his uncle. I think you're probably familiar with the infamous soliloquy, to be or not to be. Now it sounds really like uptight and pretentious, whether it's just nobler in the mind to suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune. Thank you, Shakespeare Club. Anyways, so this soliloquy is about talking about death, and he's considering suicide, and he's been considering it throughout the play, and his dealing with this grief he just has a horrible way of dealing with it. He doesn't talk to anybody about it. He descends into madness. On purpose, maybe, but maybe not. He's been considering death the whole play, whether it's his uncle or him, and he starts to lose it. He really cannot live with himself because he can't kill his uncle. So he's almost past the point of no return, and he goes mad he can't deal with that death of his father. You know what other work of writing deals with somebody's death and they can't get over it for the entire time? They're Raven! They're super similar, and they're both really tragic because they both dwell on that death throughout the entire work, to the point where maybe it's not really about like the courageous Lion King-esque sort of story, but it's about grief and death and why can't you get over it and move on? His parents, well, his uncle and his mom, from the beginning are kind of like, it's been like 
two months, a month, you should be over it by now. This is kind of weird how you're still hung up on this. And it's interesting to see the talking between Hamlet and his parents at the beginning before he comes up with this idea to descend into madness. When they're saying, Hamlet, you're being childish. Why are you still obsessing over this death? Why can't you get over it? And it's kind of interesting to think of back then how quickly they might have gotten over death because it was so prevalent. I mean, 400 years ago, people were dying of plagues and illness, the common cold, all the time. So maybe that was kind of more normal for them to just get over a death. I mean, granted, it was a murder and a horrible thing, and the murderer was still alive and, you know, doing bad stuff with his mom, but I digress. It makes you think of how grief was treated back then. Maybe they didn't deal with grief as well as they would today. Because today, you know, we have a certain time limit set for dealing with grief. You know, six weeks is normal. And if you go past that still, it's normal. And we know what the stages of grief are. And those are denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. And we know how to work through those stages. And we have counselors and therapists that could help us. You know what Hamlet had? Nobody. He had scummy friends that would trade him out for his father and tried to kill him. That's what Hamlet had. So yeah, dealing with grief was a lot different back then. And up in, like in the Raven in the 1800s, death was all that they dealt with. So they were obsessed with it. And they had mourning garments and objects that they used because it was such a big part of their culture. So maybe death was... Just a quick thing, a quick normal thing for people back in the 14th century. And maybe Hamlet was weird at the time for obsessing over that death as long as he did. But reading it today, I don't know. When I was reading it, it just kind of sounded normal. Like, yeah, I would still be kind of obsessed with the death of my father, too, if he was brutally murdered and poisoned and left to die in a garden. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. But getting into the women part of Hamlet now and the way women were treated in death, because as I said, everybody dies at the end, even the women, even Ophelia. And what was the name of the other female? Oh, yeah, she's not brought up that much, Gertrude. So their deaths are pretty interesting. Ophelia is treated really as an object by Hamlet. It's an on and off kind of love thing. Ophelia has feelings for Hamlet. Does Hamlet have feelings for her too? I don't know. He tells her to go to a nunnery, which is either a brothel or, you know, a religious nun house. So it's hard to tell if he actually really loves her, but she's not really treated as a person. Even in her death, she's kind of, everybody's like, does she deserve a funeral? Or they're overly dr dramatizing her death. Like, Ophelia was so great and I loved her so much. And they're like in her grave with her. But she's not really seen as a person, even though she's an intelligent being. And don't even get me started on Gertrude the Queen. Hamlet was told to leave her alone. And what did he do? He went and yelled at her so many times. He's like, your bed is a pigsty because you do it with my uncle all the time, you nasty. He, he can't let that part of it go. And it's weird. And it's a little Oedipus-esque. And it's, it's so bad. It's really bad. And then she ends up dying, too. So I guess it was all for naught. But the women in this are basically like objects. Their use is 
The queen's use is to have an heir, Hamlet. She did that, and now she's a whore. And Ophelia, she was in love with Hamlet, and then she was ostracized and made fun of by Hamlet, and then she drowned. And it was, they were wondering if it was a suicide, and the jury's still out on that. And that's why they were kind of, like, confused and suspicious about her funeral, if she even deserved one, because they thought she was so low for committing suicide, because back then that was unheard of and against the church. And in the 14th century, we know the Christian church kind of ruled everything. And maybe it still kind of does that today, <laughs> separation of church and state. <clears throat> anyway, so the views of women in this have obviously changed in the past 400 years, coming up to like the beggar's opera even, which was like a hundred years later when, I mean, it's a satire, but they also give women the chance to kill your husband and get money from him. And I'm completely on board with that. And in trifles, when Minnie killed her husband, but the women took her side and the women were seen as good people. Like they weren't made fun of or as a butt of a joke or something in trifles. They were they took Minnie's side and they showed empathy and compassion towards her. And they were seen as real intelligent beings, which they were not seen in Hamlet at all. And they died. And they all died in the end. So today, if this if Hamlet were to take place today, I think the uncle would have just been sent to jail right away and it would have solved all of Hamlet's problems and he wouldn't have to deal with any of that death. This is outrageous. Where are the armed men who come in to take the protesters away? Where are they? This kind of behavior is never tolerating in Boracua. You shout like that, they, they put you in jail right away. No trial, no, no nothing. Journalists, we have a special jail. Right to jail, right away. Absolutely. His uncle would have been gone today. Unfortunately, that did not happen back then, and he was in power for way longer than he should have been. Well, this has been Hamlet. Tune into the next episode where we'll talk about another famous work of writing. Thanks for listening.